for another Vertigo Voices. Here again. I'm Colby. I'm Sophia. And if you can hear in my voice how fucking frustrated I am, <laughs> um, aside from the fact that we're doing a Snyder Cut episode, spoiler, um, just had a rough morning of this stupid uh, audio program. So um, speaking of audio, though, I have a, a new theme song I want to try out. Oh, do tell. <laughs> do share. <laughs> I've watched this video about a hundred times over the last couple days. So, um, I promise I won't, I'll get through it without laughing this time. 15 seconds long. This is from uh, a TikTok user named, I think, Tom Cardi. Yeah, Tom Cardi. So, okay, ready? I have sent that goddamn video to everyone that I know, um, and every time I watch it, I start I can start laughing about halfway through. Uh, and like, I sent it to Bear. He texted me back that he spit out his coffee, and uh, that he said that his favorite part of the video is that even after, like, it still goes for a couple seconds, so that you know that oh no, they didn't get cut off. Like that's just all this is. <laughs> Just you're a cunt. That's it. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful sentiment. <laughs> I'm of course using that in the British vernacular and not the American. Right. Um, so yeah. Much affection. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, news time. We got we got a few news things to get through, um, as well as some rare apologies by me. Some uh, mistakes that were made. Do tell. We'll get into it. I gotta I just you know I rarely make mistakes. So when I do, I feel like I need to acknowledge it. But um, first thing, we got some news. Uh, new Suicide Squad trailer. Yay. Which by now, everyone's seen a million times. It looks fucking awesome. It looks like gorgeous Suicide Squad mayhem. Perfect melding of James Gunn and John Ostrander and Kim Yale. I always have to give her credit. And yeah, it just looks fucking awesome. Uh, go watch that trailer. It's you haven't, yeah. out everywhere now. It was completely different than the last Suicide Squad movie. Speaking of that, I, I just mentioned this before we started recording, because the world is terrible, every place that that trailer has been posted uh, has been, just been roasted with comments from Snyder fans saying, hashtag restore the Snyderverse, instead of just appreciating this beautiful thing that we're given. <laughs> right, right. This great golden nugget of goodness that awaits us, that uh, will... Again, brings spirit and irreverence, the right kind of irreverence, to that particular group of characters. Just let it let it be what it is, folks. Just absorb the beauty of the present moment. Yeah. It's just fanboys being fanboys. Um, cunts. Yeah. yeah In the American vernacular. They, they are cunts. <laughs> uh, so, corrections. Here's, here's my, I'm going to have to eat my humble pie. And explain how, where I was incorrect. Uh, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about, what's his name? Stephen Fry playing Gilbert. Yes. I couldn't remember who Gilbert was modeled after. It's G.K. Chesterton. Ah. Oh. 
If you look up a picture of G.K. Chesterton, that's what Gilbert looks like. Uh, and the other thing, uh, I also commented on um, Teddy Roosevelt in an episode of Young Indiana Jones. He was played by James Gammon. Oh, was he? Yeah. See, and I... James Gammon's been in a million things. You'd know him if you saw him. But anyway, there we go. I was uh, incorrect on both of those points. And also, <laughs> um, I brought up last episode... A bit of a running gag, if you will, because I'm a I'm a rascal. Um, Taggart, oh, <laughs> the TV show Taggart, <laughs> and I I incorrectly said that Edward Woodward starred in Taggart. Although I did catch myself, I just didn't know what I was thinking of. Like three days later, it hit me like a fucking sledgehammer to the head. Callan, <laughs> the show I was thinking of is called Callan, which I have not watched yet. And like I texted you, it took me a hot minute to realize uh, that, hey, that's Sergeant Howie. And then yeah. <laughs> I got really excited. From uh, The Wicker Man. Yes, yes. Which, it just pains me in my fucking soul that whenever I say The Wicker Man, I then have to say, no, the original. <laughs> <laughs> a good one. <laughs> I, I've had this conversation about a hundred times of like, oh yeah, yeah, have you ever seen The Wicker Man? No, the original. Yeah, it was a remake. No, Nicolas Cage isn't in it. Yeah, no, no, the other one's good. <laughs> if it wasn't for that one, we wouldn't have the glorious mishmash of disaster that is the Nicolas Cage one. Jesus, God almighty. <laughs> Talk about just having, having such a huge target to hit. I mean, you know, folk horror, outsider, stranger in a strange land, all these, that, those, those uh, themes that are just really easy to nail. And having just the biggest target in the world and missing it so fucking perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> still, yes, yeah, still. It's, it's one of those movies that when you watch it with the idea that I'm going to come here and laugh, it's a lot better. Yeah. But the first time you see it, it is kind of just like watching a clown car pile up. <laughs> Speaking of a clown car pile up, right. we are now uh, going to talk about the Snyder Cut. I have other news, but I'm just going to wait till next week because... I feel like that episode will need more padding than this one. It's a fucking four-hour-long movie. There's plenty to talk about. Should I do comments first or after? Let's do comments first. I put it out into the world. What, uh, what did you think of the Snyder Cut? And I got quite a few responses, ranging from one word to like entire paragraphs. Actually, I think we should talk about it a little bit. Otherwise, some of these are going to need context and, you know, comments about specific things that maybe we're, we're already going to cover. Yes. Uh, the first thing, though, is I, want, I wanted to bring up my tenuous vertigo connection to Justice League because I promised I would find some fucking way to connect this movie to Vertigo Comics. So um, I've, got, I've actually got more than one tenuous vertigo connection. The first thing is that, like, half these characters were in Sandman. In the first volume, which we've already covered on the show, go back and listen, Dream goes to the Justice League and gets their help. He talks to Scott Free and Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter, spoilers, is in this stupid fucking movie. Um, in probably some of the worst scenes put back into it, or newly filmed, I guess. Um, anyway, regardless, uh, so Martian Manhunter's in that. And then uh, Scott Free has his old dreams of apocalypse in there. And you see Granny Goodness and all that. The fuck was that noise? Messages. Useless friend. <laughs> um, Scott Free has a dream about Apocalypse and Granny Goodness, both of which are seen in the Snyder Cut. So yeah, there, there you go. That, it, this is a perfect adaptation of the first volume of Sandman. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Yeah. 
Okay, my other tenuous Vertigo connection. There's a 2004 graphic novel called It's a Bird by Stephen T. Siegel with art by Teddy Christensen. And this is an autobiographical story of Stephen Siegel trying to write a Superman comic. Oh, you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like anyone who wants to adapt Superman needs to read this comic. And it's very clear that Zack Snyder's probably never even fucking heard of this comic. <laughs> because it's literally, it's Stephen T. Siegel's uh, struggle with trying to relate to a god. Okay. And it's a really interesting take on Superman and the perception of Superman. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think it's great, and it's, we'll have to re- read it one of these days, but... Um, so yeah, there you go. Superman has two Vertigo stories that are very... Oh, uh, Superman was also in Sandman as well. That's right. Because he shows up at the wake. Okay. And his, uh, that, that... Did you ever hear about that? That scene had to be censored by Vertigo. Why? The artist on the wake was Michael Zuli. And the way it was drawn, these are like the dream versions of these characters. So Neil Gaiman said that Batman is kind of inhuman. Like he looks normal and then his cape like flows down and almost looks like... He looks like a shadow creature or something. Mm -hmm. And he said that Superman is dressed like Clark Kent, but in the way he's standing, you can see, like, his cape hanging out of the back, almost like he's constantly self-conscious, like he's dreaming about, like, being naked in school or whatever, like, being Clark Kent, but, oh, no, Superman's hiding or peeking out. And he said that DC didn't like that. They felt he was being disrespectful to the character. So the scene is actually cropped, so you can't see their, like, below their waists. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I, you know, I thought you were going to say something like, you know, the artist drew a penis somewhere yeah. for us to find. Yeah, so Superman's <laughs> just jacking off. He's just, uh, he's just there jacking off, talking about how he likes killing people. <laughs> At a wake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As drawn by Zack Snyder. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so uh, anyway, so there you go. This is, uh, this is a Vertigo adaptation. Right, right. Um, There's your very... Very tenuous connections. Yeah, maybe even more so than the Dreamstone showing up in Wonder Woman. You know, who's to say? <laughs> With the way this universe is supposed to come together in the timeline, I, I would accept it. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> it's time to actually talk about the fucking movie. I'm, I mentioned before, like, I'm just dreading this. I'm dreading about talking about this stupid thing because it's, it's like omnipresent. Like, it's always been there. Since, this, since before this movie came out, there's been talking about discussion about this and it's always bugged me just because this is like this is how movies are made things change things evolve people get fired people get rehired like whatever um but to think that this is somehow some sort of like pure un uh what's the word calf un unadulterated no unleavened bread no <laughs> like a biblical thing unblemished calf maybe yeah I, I think you're close you're getting warm is that what they called Jesus? The unblemished calf? The un- un- unblemished lamb? So people have been treating this. I'm going to cut out all of my just frantic Googling trying to find the correct phrase I was looking for. People have been treating this like it's some perfect creature. When really it's just a fucking movie. It's just, right. a, it's just a fucking movie without any restraint. And if the 2005 King Kong film showed us anything, it's that filmmakers need restraint. you need someone there to be like whoa Nelly everyone needs someone to say no every once in a while right again 
2005 King Kong proves that. This proves it probably better than that. Because In a big way. This, this isn't a movie. This is, this is a fucking, I don't know, this is an event. This is a, you know, once in a lifetime. Like, the, there's no way that this would work as a film. Mm-hmm. It's just too big. It's too everything, you right. know? So right. I completely understand why a studio saw this, and not even this version, because the version that they would have seen would be a little bit shorter, and said, like, this is fucking dumb. Like, don't do that. <laughs> Pull it back, you goddamn idiot, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And there's this idea that, I'll just start off by saying, um, is this a better version than the 2017 theatrical cut? In my opinion, yes. But folks, that is still not saying much. um, I've been going back and forth on that for quite a while. And I, I think my answer is that they're almost exactly even. Oh, really? Because... There's just as much messy bullshit in this as there was in that one. Except this is four hours long. (laughs) (laughs) For every issue I had with that one, like, oh, CGI Superman face, that looks dumb. Or the color grading isn't great. Or that joke didn't land. There's just as many issues I have with this. Mm -hmm. If not more, because it's four fucking hours long. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's moments in uh, the Snyder Cut where that I genuinely liked. I know that if you read my uh, social media posts and you and I have, you and I have put skewers in this movie before it even came out. But in the sake of fairness, there were things in the Snyder cut that I appreciated. Unfortunately, it's totally bogged down with the film's runtime. And I don't think Zack Snyder's vision for the justice league was any more coherent or important than what we got in 2017. Yeah, it's the same story. Right. It's exactly the same story. I was expecting, well, not expecting, I kind of knew this was going to happen this way anyway, but I, I was, I guess, assuming that there would be some huge sweeping difference in the third act or whatever. But no, it's, it's the same story with just new little bits thrown in here and there. I was actually surprised how much wasn't reshot for Whedon's version. I, I'd read, oh, it's like 80% reshot. I'm thinking more like 40, <laughs> maybe 30. Like, there's not that much difference. That mm-hmm. It's just different in the way it's re-edited and trimmed and recut, I guess. And there's a couple action sequences that I liked way better in the Whedon cut. Oh, okay. Which we'll get to. But um, I guess, first of all, what's the book report on <laughs> Justice League? <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League, colon, the, the Snyder cut. <laughs> Colon, Justice is Gray. Did you hear about that? There's, no. a, there's a new cut of it already. That's our, it's on, streaming on HBO Max. There's a new cut of the cut? Yeah, it, it was released on Thursday. A week later. It's called Justice, Zack Snyder's Justice League, colon, Justice is Gray. And it's just a black and white cut. I think there might be a line or two different, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, uh, for those of you listening, when Colby asked that he was looking at me and my heart sank because how I was like how do I sum up this <laughs> I'll sum it up for you yeah. it's the 2017 movie it's just that but longer that's the story <laughs> fuck me with a different color grade and with less humanity <laughs> <laughs> oh and they do add some part about uh like they take a plot line from Lord of the Rings where there was one ring to rule them all except oh, yeah. three mother boxes to rule them all and they were divided between the races of elves and dwarves and men. <laughs> that, that was in the original, too. All those shots were in the original. 
See, I you you did your homework better though, since I am not a prof- professional film critic. Folks, like I don't sit down to watch movies that I think I'm not gonna enjoy. And I've watched all of the DCEU movies because as you and I have discussed before, we love these characters. It's exciting. It should be exciting to see them on the silver screen and brought to life. And now um, for lack of a better metaphor, it's kind of like that relationship that you go back to thinking that, oh, this time they this mean time, it. This time it's changed. <laughs> this time they've changed. And then afterwards you're just left with this dirty feeling like, no. <laughs> That's... That's a pretty apt description of DC's slate. Um, okay, so let's from the very beginning, this thing just fucking drips pretension. <laughs> it's it opens with a comment on the aspect ratio. Oh, what do they say? What it they said say? something like, "This is presented in the four three aspect ratio to preserve director Zack Snyder's uh, vision," or something oh, like that. Yes, it's like okay, right. they're doing that because they claim that shows you more of the picture. Like, that's why we all have widescreen TVs now. <laughs> Every, you can't find a square TV anymore. They're all widescreen because when you watch a widescreen movie on it, you see more of the picture. That is true. Well, now he's going, oh, it's fucking, it's, we filmed it on IMAX, which is 4.3. That's because ev- every time somebody films something on IMAX, they then crop it to fit the widescreen television, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's like, oh, I, I filmed it this way, so that's how you want to see it. Like, stop it. Like, this isn't a goddamn... Aspect ratio arms race. Like it's just <laughs> now they're going to start filming on bigger than widescreen that or on b- bigger than IMAX. So we got to bump it out to the sides again, and like pretty soon we're going to have TVs that are the size of our goddamn wall because we keep oh well IMAX wasn't big enough. Now we got to move out again. Now we got to move up again. Now we got to move out again. And it's just so fucking frustrating. Like don't do that. The widescreen aspect ratio is something that we've agreed upon for the last 60 years or whatever. Right. Just frame it that way. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're missing something if it's framed correctly. You know? <laughs> what a concept. Like, technically speaking, you're all missing something because you didn't see what was happening outside of the frame. Or you didn't see the crew walking around with their fucking coffee cups. And, <laughs> like, it, th- there's, there's not going to be an end to that if you keep claiming that this was the original intention and we got to bump out the aspect ratio. Like, just fucking pick an aspect ratio that fits every screen that everyone already has and just have that be it. Make your vision fit that. Right, right. <laughs> and, well, please continue before I jump in. That, that's, I, haven't I said enough? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that, was, that was just profoundly pretentious to me. Well, especially when you add on the fact, and we'll touch more on this as we get further in, they, he makes that grand announcement, and there are so many shots in this movie where what they spent, was it $70 billion? Bill, no, oh, not million, billion. Million, excuse Jesus. me, I'm sorry. Good God, no, 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 no. They spent $70 million on uh, this round of, of uh, post-production. Yes, excuse me, $70 million. After already spending like $300 million right. on the movie. And there are still so many shots in this movie that look like shitty CGI. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you want everything to be green screen and color graded to hell and back. Right. It's never going to look real, you know. The uh, the part where Wonder Woman is relating the history of Darkseid to Bruce Wayne, yeah. that looks exactly like a video game. Yeah. And that's how it looked in the Whedon cut. The only difference is that they CGI'd Darkseid in there. Right. In the original, that was all Steppenwolf, and now it's Darkseid. Well, and we'll get to that, because I have a lot to say about that scene, but, um... Okay. So, first of all, the first five minutes of this movie are devoted to Superman's yell. Oh, yes! 
five minutes long of like. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> I have to. I have to add to that a little tangent here, but it does relate. Um, I do this thing when I'm by myself, or when I'm watching a film, I turn on the subtitles. Because growing up watching movies with my dad, my dad served in Vietnam in artillery, and he was partially deaf from that experience. So movies and music were really hard for him, and he was a stubborn old donkey who refused to go in and get hearing aids. So when we watched movies as a family, we would always turn on the subtitles so that he could catch everything that was being said. And so when I'm by myself, I still do that. I just turn on the subtitles. It's a habit. And I feel like, if I may, I actually wrote down some of these subtitles because I feel like they sum up Zack Snyder's cut very well. Wait, is this really open? Like, what? what where is this from? What part of the movie? Oh, it, 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 we're coming to the okay. uh, we're coming to the very beginning when uh, Superman is dying and his screams right. awaken the mother box. Um, this is what we have on the subtitles: oscillating yelling echoes. Oscillating yelling continues. And it's that way for like, I don't know, the first three to five minutes of the movie. <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, I looked it up. The, this, the yell happens for a little over five minutes. Really? Yes. Oh, dear God. And it's just like people re- like looking at the camera. Like, so uh, that's another thing. Um, Jesse Eisenberg was said that he came back for reshoots. The only new scene I could think of of him in this is him standing in that pool, <laughs> like looking over his shoulder when he hears the yell. Like, <laughs> and that's that's other than that, the only scene that he's in was in the original cut. So. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. I hope he got paid handsomely for that. I could give a fuck. I hate his take on Lex Luthor. <laughs> I was just hoping he would like this character would be quietly killed between movies, but no. <laughs> you get shanked in prison. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the inciting incident in the movie is uh, yell heard around the world. I can't, abs- or I, I absolutely can't understand why that was needed. Cyborg has a line in the Whedon cut where he says something about, oh, when Superman died, the mother boxes, the mother boxes sprang to life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, well, there you go. That's all you need. <laughs> That's right. like a two second line instead of five minutes. <laughs> That will be the goofiest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and there's that that's going back to that. There's just so much unneeded incidental footage in this movie. Yes. Yes, this movie is not four hours long because Zack Snyder had something of quality to say about these characters and their story. It's four hours long because Zack Snyder loves his goddamn slow-mo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even that, even more than that. He loves the slow-mo and he loves just pointless diversion. This is a really good example of of the need for a solid editor. I think probably in a couple years, we're going to see some pretty decent fan edits of this. <laughs> cut down into a reasonable amount of time with a focused storyline and not just endless meandering subplots and fetch quests. Yeah, and I, I mean, again, this isn't, this isn't how you tell a story. That's not... This isn't a movie. HBO originally announced that they were going to cut this into a four-hour miniseries. Or, yes. Uh, and, and that's why it has, like, chapter breaks. But the chapter breaks are incidental. Like, they don't... It's not like, oh, and this first chunk is all about Batman forming the team. The second chunk is about them coming together. It's it, it's literally just an hour cut. An hour cut. <laughs> because that's not how the movie flows. It doesn't, it doesn't flow from one thing to the next. It's just constantly... Like, everything's just thrown up onto the screen... Into some vague, like, like by halfway into the movie, they're still trying to figure out what's going on, 
and what right. the play is going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. The idea that, and I've heard some people say that too. It's like, oh, I had no idea. Like the runtime just flows by, and I was like, really, yeah, really? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can lie to yourself if you'd like, but four hours feels like four hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I I uh, posted on your Facebook status. I like I had to watch this in intervals. It took me about four days to watch it, just because, you know, again, I can only handle so much unintentional comedy. And I just had other shit to do. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I'm one of the one of the brave few who sat through it all in one. I salute you. I, I couldn't do I it. I crossed the Rubicon, <laughs> came back changed. Much like Superman <laughs> came back joyless and evil. <laughs> you still have your mustache, though. That's true. But then, like, again, with Superman dying and coming back joyless and evil, there's no change to his character there. It was already joyless and murder. Um, one th- uh, no, never mind. I'll get to it later. Uh, so, so much unneeded incidental footage. Uh, the scene where Batman meets Aquaman. Yes. That's essentially unchanged. Like that was well, not essentially unchanged. So that that was all Snyder footage because mm-hmm. that scene is direct. Like it's the same in the Whedon cut. It's just shorter. There was one thing that I actually liked about this that is not in the Whedon cut. Um, but again, I. I feel like... Are you going to say the singing ladies? Oh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> and again, it's it's what makes Snyder's filmmaking so frustrating for me sometimes because he has these little, these good apt character moments and then get totally bogged down. Um, but in the Snyder cut, when Arthur pins Bruce Wayne up against the wall, Bruce Wayne actually takes out his billfold and you don't see that in the Whedon cut. I know that may seem like a really small incidental thing, but I like the idea that, yes, that's Bruce Wayne's, I mean, one of the reasons he is what he is is because he is a billionaire. He has all these resources and this money. It makes sense to me that he would, you know, offer it to Arthur Curry. Like, if you're not going to help me because it's the right thing to do, then I will pay you. He says um, he's going to pay him in the Whedon cut, too. Yeah, but you don't see the... You yeah, but that's... See, like, then they'll push him down and take his money. Like, that's... Not, <laughs> that's, not, that's ridiculous to me that he would pull out a wad of cash in his hand. Like, that's, really? like, cartoonishly goofy. It's like, here's a money bag! What do you think about that? <laughs> like, that's not how billionaires do business. He'll write him a check, or he'll <laughs> wire him a million dollars. He's not just going to pull out, like, a... Oh, look at a stack of green I got here! Like, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> That's so goofy. I disagree, though, because obviously, does Arthur Curry look like a guy who you can wire money to? He obviously does not want to be found. If you live on this planet, you can get wired. You can get money wired to you, especially <laughs> if you're Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, okay. So we disagree on that one. But one one of the jokes that they cut out there is is like, I heard you can talk to fish. Mm. That was definitively a Snyder line too. It was in the original teaser trailer well before Joss Whedon was even talked about for this. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, again, it just, if you, it's like he's taking any chance he can to cut out any levity, even the levity that he put into it. Oh, that's, that is a good point. Because you got to have more time for wailing women. Oh. <laughs> See, if, if I may, that was another subtitle I found that, uh, that appears often. Ancient lamentation swells. Soft ancient lamentation. Whenever fucking Bar- uh, Diane, excuse me, I almost called her Barbara. Diana. <laughs> Diana appears on the screen. Oh, yeah. You get that 
so that one of my I'm gonna go into the comments real quick. One of my friends D commented on this saying that uh, that uh, she didn't like one. She said Wonder Woman's screaming chant song is very annoying. And my comment was it reminds me so much of the like quote Middle Eastern music that plays on Arrested Development. <laughs> the show Arrested Development. There's like a musical cue that sounds exactly like that. Really? And every time, so every time it would come up in this movie, I would just start laughing because it reminded me <laughs> of Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> That's a nice, see again, that unintentional comedy where you're just like, I know that wasn't intentional, but thank you. That lack of self-awareness, like the lack of a really a pop culture awareness. Like, oh, I'm going to put in this, uh, this like wailing sound and Diana soundtrack. And not not connecting it to something outside of this weird little myopic vision, you know. Right. <laughs> and on that note, would you like to talk about the singing villagers? Uh, so there was uh, singing villagers, and it took fucking forever. Like, <laughs> that's it. Well, and again, if for some reason, the movie grinds to a halt so that these four or five women can sing a chanting song to Aquaman while he's gone. Which could, which I, I will argue, which again could have been another good character moment because again obviously Arthur Curry uh, he wants Aquaman he wants nothing to do with ruling Atlantis he doesn't want anything to do with the Atlanteans he's found this small corner of the world where he feels accepted and appreciated he obviously has an affinity for these people who have an affinity for him and that would have been fine if there was maybe like I don't know, just a few seconds of these women singing to say farewell to him as he goes into the ocean. But instead, we get this long-ass song where Snyder pauses to show us this woman picking up Aquaman's sweater, smelling it, inhaling his fishy (laughs) musk, and then it gets better. Like, this is where I literally, the first time in the movie, I just laughed out loud. Like, she takes a deep breath, which makes her sing louder. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, again, you take what could have been a nice little moment and you just push it right over into hilarity. Around that point, I wrote this note. 20 minutes in, this feels like what a child thinks a serious movie should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much, like, like, chest inflating, you know? Like, it, it feels like, a, like an animal that's trying to, trying to appear more threatening to someone else. It's buff up the chill. Like, come on, bro, come at me. <laughs> It's a puffer fish. Because yeah. this is not a serious movie. <laughs> no. But it, it wants you so hard to think that it is. It really does. And I was thinking about that coming down here. Um, <laughs> oh. I just looked at one of my other notes. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, on that subject of um, how, like, going into this movie, that's one of the things I told myself is, like, these are my expectations for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, I expect it to be overly boring i expected of course at four hours to be overly long and i expect it to take itself so totally seriously um it's a serious movie for serious people it is my god and here's the thing it's like i think melodrama gets a bad rap as melodrama like oh it's so heightened and exaggerated Melodrama in itself isn't bad. There's a lot of films like Star Wars is melodramatic, the original Star Wars. Um, great example of that is like uh, uh, Powell and Pressburger, movies like The Red Shoes and Black Narcissus. They are melodramatic. But the difference between them as great filmmakers and Zack Snyder um, is that it seems like Zack Snyder doesn't want to embrace the melodrama. 
he's not making movies from a place of like, yeah, this is, um, these are heightened emotions. This is a lot of, um, feelings flying around, but it's really serious shit. And you need to take this shit seriously. It's it's always like, this is real. This is real life. No, it's fucking not. (laughs) I hate whenever people are like, well, you know, like somebody was commenting on the flashes introductory scene. Like, well, you know, like in reality, if you were to move that fast and when you fucking did it, like, shut up. It's the fucking flash. Right. It's a goddamn kid's character. Like, you don't need that. If if you're that fixated on reality when you're watching a guy run light speed, then your idea of sus- suspension of disbelief is fucked beyond belief. <laughs> because, right. like, that, that's the whole point of watching people do spectacular things. It, all the way back to fucking Beowulf, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like where people huddled around the Exeter book being like, well, you know, in reality, people can't breathe underwater. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's a bad faith criticism. Yeah. yeah. And, and exa- it's just like, that's that's not what this is about. Like, to me, reality is about character interactions, like what, what the core of a character is and that character doing things that make sense for them. Right. If the, if the character is like, quote, a real person, I don't give a shit what the craziness around them is. You can have them breathe in space as long as they, as long as it feels like it's something that, that character should be doing. Exactly. <laughs> you, you can have these moments of, of heightened emotion or, you know, drama. Like, okay, okay a good comic book example of that is um, Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. That is full of drama. It's full of what could be considered cheesy moments, but it works within the world that Tim Burton has created. Like you alluded to, Zack Snyder is just so obsessed with being like, no, 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 this works in all worlds. And it's all encompassing of, you know, of not just the fantasy world in which these superheroes inhabit. Like this, you can relate to this, you know? (laughs) And it's like, well, that's not always, that shouldn't always be the first priority. And it shouldn't always... It, well, it's just clumsily executed, yeah, too. Exactly. So we talked about Batman meeting Aquaman. The next person to in- be introduced is Wonder Woman. So this is a scene that I think is about 100 times better in the Whedon cut. Mm-hmm. The action scene is basically the same, but in the Whedon cut, it flows better. It's quicker. It's not this long, drawn-out, like, 15-minute-long action scene. And Wonder Woman just fucking murders a bunch of poorly CGI'd guys. Like, she grabs him and throws him against the wall, and every time somebody hits the wall, there's an impact crater and a spray of blood. Right. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and then she fucking vaporizes the bad guy in the end. And he explodes, and uh, debris and glass showers on the poor police officers on the ground, and then, uh, and then his hat, like, floats down comically. Like, dude, she just killed a bunch of people in front of children. Right, and it totally defeats the purpose of her having to, again in slow-mo, throw the bomb up in the air and hang there for like a fucking 60-second shot, you know, before she falls back to Earth and, yeah, just basically blows out the side of a building. (laughs) All all of that is executed way better in the Whedon cut, particularly the way she dispatches the bad guy in the end. He says something to her, I can't remember, and she does a, a... witty rejoinder and then she slaps her bracelets together and that the cut in the Whedon cut is when the bracelets hit right and that's it so you don't you know you assume that she apprehended him right (laughs) well and this might seem like a small nitpick but in that scene too in the Snyder version he goes out of his way to show us this balletic bullet blocking that she does with one guy 
Now, I can understand if there's, like, five guys shooting at these kids and she had to, you know, dodge in front of them to block the bullets. But this is, like, one guy. Wonder Woman can just sidle right up to him yeah. and knock him in the face and he's down. That's all in the Whedon cut, too. <laughs> just with the one guy? Yep. That's, that's all in the Whedon cut, too. And that bugged the shit out of me in both versions because she's basically the Flash now. Right. Like, she's running as fast as the Flash. So what... The, as if the Flash wasn't useless enough in this, now, now <laughs> both Superman and Wonder Woman can move as fast as him, so why is he even on the stupid team? Poor guy. <laughs> Poor Flash. That does... I would like to segue, now that we're talking about Wonder Woman, and you and I were discussing this before. I, I get that the cool thing now is to rip on Josh Whedon because surprise... Joss. Joss excuse me. Whatever his name is. Um, he's been canceled. It doesn't matter. Um... <laughs> I get that the cool thing now is to rip on Joss Whedon because, surprise, surprise, we found out that another powerful male director is actually an asshole behind the scenes. It is not pleasant to work with. But I see so many people just nitpicking the 2017 version apart, as if it wasn't bad already, over his portrayal of women. And like you and I talked about before, there's several lingering shots of Wonder Woman's body in uh, the 2017 film that I honestly did not notice in the Snyder Cut. You said you noticed them in the Snyder Cut. Well, and again, it's... People have been talking a lot about about that in, in both of them, really. But I... Especially, like, like in some of the scenes where it's it's framed that she's closer to the camera. Mm-hmm. And, like, like there's been a, a couple people commenting on, on the fact that, like, there's scenes where her butt is, like, framed in camera. And it's one of, like, I don't, I, I can't tell if that's supposed to be leering or if that's just because she's standing right there. And, like, I did, I've always had a problem with that criticism of the Whedon version because it's just like, oh, I, there's nothing inherently sexual about that. She's standing right there. It's not like, it's like the camera's zooming in on her butt or something. And, and those same shots are in this version, too. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I can see that, but I, I, I will, <laughs> I hate to say this, but I might have to go back and watch the Snyder Cut again because um, you were talking about the part um, in the movie where she welcomes Bruce Wayne oh, yeah. on the tarmac. Like, I remember a very specific shot in the Whedon version where you were looking at Bruce Wayne, like, right from her ass. Like, mm-hmm. there's Gal Gadot's nice ass, and it's like, oh, by the way, here's Bruce Wayne, too. Where in the Snyder Cut, um, he just films it over her shoulder. There's definitely a shot um, where her butt's there. It probably <laughs> both, is. Because probably I remember is. debating my friend Ethan about that when the first version came out. It was like, just because her butt's on camera doesn't inherently mean it's being sexualized. But yeah, how can we never see, like, you know, why don't we get a shot of Ben Affleck's ass while he talks to, you know, Arthur Curry? Ben Affleck has a nice ass. I think there is one, at least uh, <laughs> in, in the in the Whedon cut. There's a whole scene where she's watching him change. <laughs> True, true. I wasn't in this one. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting lost, a little lost in the weeds here. But the point being, um, and then of course there's the the joke that, uh, as you were saying, uh, Joss Whedon has used a bunch in his other stuff where, um, you know, women's bodies, women's boobs are like used as yuck, yuck. You know, like in, in his version, yeah, yeah. Flash falls on Wonder Woman's boobs yeah. and like her boobs save his head from a concussion. Yeah. That's a joke he used in uh, Age of Ultron also. Which is, I don't know, it's not, again, that's, I don't necessarily think there's anything, like, sexual about that. It's just one of those 
juvenile fucking jokes about the like, oh, he accidentally touched your boobs and he didn't mean to. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think that's inherently as evil as a lot of people are trying to make that yeah, out exactly. now. Like, look at how sex is just Whedon is to women. It's just a dumb joke. It, it is a dumb it, joke. It doesn't yeah. land particularly well in any... And it's a joke that's been done a million times before, too. <laughs> and on that note, like, in Snyder's version, like, ladies, I have to ask, and, and I, I've heard the arguments, I still don't get it, about what about Zack Snyder's portrayal of women in this movie is, oh my God, so groundbreaking and gives them so much more agency and oh wow like there's like a couple lines that um Snyder changed like their uh the interaction with the bad guy in the in the bank or the school or wherever the they're at team. Yeah. yeah and then um also um uh oh th this was the silliest one like someone was giving pats on the back to Snyder for changing her first interaction with Steppenwolf where she goes to fight him and he's like, this one's mine. And in Whedon's version, she says, like, you overestimate yourself. And then, boom, they're in a fight. And they, someone, their argument was like, oh, well, that, it, uh, it reduces Wonder Woman's agency and her power as a demigod. Wherein the Snyder version, we get this, like, it's not a horrible line, but it's a really, you know, vanilla line where, um, you know, Steppenwolf says, well, this one's mine. And she's like, I belong to no one. It's like, okay, that's woman of the year line, apparently. Well, he's the fucking bad guy. He should be demeaning them. Oh, like, right. who cares? Who cares if he's fucking sexist? He's the bad guy. Right. Christ. His whole point is to come and conquer and kill. Yeah. And that line, like, I belong to no man. It feels like a guy saying, like, this is what a strong woman would say. Right. Oh. Like, no, she, she wouldn't fucking care what he thinks, man. She's the hero. He's the like she again. She's a demigod, although technically he's a god, so he's better than her. <laughs> he's more powerful. Than yeah. her. But but I mean she she wouldn't fucking give a shit. She would just attack him. <laughs> right. Which in the Whedon version, I think they did better. Another in that same scene. The okay, hold on. We gotta go back. I gotta. Yes. <laughs> we're running out of time. We gotta stick to the the main point. So okay, okay. when Steppenwolf arrives. On Themyscira. First of all, that entire scene is so horribly edited to me. It starts. It starts in the fucking lair of the Amazons, and then goes out into the field, exactly like the Whedon cut. The only difference is uh, there's a big, like, two minute bit in the middle where the Amazons base like falls into the ocean, right. and Apollo just stops to watch and stare at the ocean, completely destroying the sense of pace that the fight scene had. <laughs> Like, don't do that. I completely understand why that was trimmed. And then the rest basically goes the same as the Whedon cut, except with more CGI blood added in. Right. Like, every axe hit is accompanied by a spray of gore now. Mm -hmm. Because you wouldn't want kids to watch a Justice League movie. No. <laughs> except you do, because I know, uh, going back a little bit, we have that really eye-rolling, um, saccharine part oh, where... where... she talks to the kid? Yeah. <laughs> You can be whatever you want to be. It's like, yeah, that's what I want in my R-rated superhero movie. Somebody posted online that, like, the kids, like, can I be like you or something like that? Yeah. And then Wonder Woman, somebody put Wonder Woman's response is, no, I'm a god. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because in our R-rated film where they had to add blood splatters when people get hit with axes, we have to have that part where all the little girls in the audience can be like, thank you, Wonder Woman. Yeah. So Steppenwolf arrives, um, 
the original version of his was criticized for being a stupid-looking CGI blob. Stupid-looking stupid gray CGI blob. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that now he's a different stupid-looking gray CGI blob. <laughs> like, not, this is a different look, but nothing about it is an improvement to me. No, no. It still looks dumb. Like, it lo- his face looks like fucking Angry Cat. <laughs> It's like he's just got that stupid <laughs> frown the entire time. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> oh. his face looks, it's, his face is one of those like so ugly it's cute kind of animals, you know? <laughs> like that's not a good look for, for your world ending villain. <laughs> you want to reach out and boop him on the nose? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just so fucking dumb. And now his voice is modulated so badly that you can barely tell it's Kieran Hines playing the role. Which is a shame. Yeah. Like, why is that? Why is, why are people thinking that's better? Like, that's not better. It's not better to not understand your actor. Right. <laughs> right. That, that was the thing he had going for him as he was played yeah. by Kieran Hines. Yeah. And again, like, I don't like the original design of the character, but I like his voice better. Um, and at least his face had some menace to it. Right. There, there's got to be a way to redesign this character to make him look good. Or maybe just not use such a stupid fucking character. <laughs> like, why is Steppenwolf the character that you hang this franchise on? And not Darkseid. Why didn't you just use Darkseid? Exactly. Like, and that's another thing I hear people praising is that, oh, you know, Steppenwolf has more depth now. He's just a guy that wants to go home. Who gives a yeah. shit? What does that add yeah, exactly. to the movie? <laughs> uh, oh, here's another one. This is like a video essay on how overindulgent editing ruins tone and pace. Oh, please elaborate. <laughs> that's all I wrote. <laughs> no, it's just that, that Amazon scene. That Amazon fight is a perfect example of how to completely kill the pace of a fight scene because you want it to be longer, you know? like It's like a 20-minute scene that should have been five. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, the Whedon cut... I mean, for all of the issues with the Whedon cut, at least the fight scenes were edited in a concise manner. Exactly. Exactly. And if, if this version had been edited concisely down to two to two and a half hours, it would have been light years better than both. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it drags on and on and on. Uh, did I, oh, um, after that scene, there's the huge subplot about uh, Cyborg's dad. Yes. And it, this this scene is in both versions. And I'm always like, why is this in here? It's a janitor mopping a graded floor. <laughs> like, why this, And very lackluster, yeah. too. But, like, you don't mop grading. That's why it's graded. So you don't have to. You fucking... Like, why? <laughs> Has Zack Snyder never held a mop in his life or understand how friction on floors work? Like that's... <laughs> I don't think he does. No. It's just such a weird touch. And both versions have a close-up of so that you know it's graded. <laughs> and with this wet mop slopping across it, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you were able to touch a third of the surface of that uh, fucking... Whatever. doesn't matter. I'm... I'm <laughs> Um, so yeah. Uh, oh, and then one, one little addition that I thought was weird. Every time, uh, what's his name? Dark, uh, not Darkseid, because he's a better villain. Every time <laughs> Steppenwolf interrogates somebody, he puts that like purple starfish on their face. Right. And then it somehow makes a little CGI display of what they're thinking, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. That's never elaborated on or talked to you, but that reminded me of Starro. Made me think that that was like a reference to Starro. Oh, remind me of what. Starro's the giant star conqueror. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the Suicide Squad trailer. That's right, that's right. (laughs) But but that, I mean, Starro has these little spores that get on people's faces and attach just like that and control them. So when he first pulled that out, I was like, holy shit, they're doing Starro, but it's like technological, but it's never brought up again. 
Well, and and leading up to that scene too, where he's you know he's got that Atlantean by the throat, and he's like, "Tell me," and he's like, "I'll never." And then he like throws him against a rock <laughs> yeah. so he can get that blood splatter. Yeah, exactly. You have the rock thrown <laughs> blood splatter. And then he just puts the little sucker fish thing yeah. on his face anyway. Yeah, it's like you don't need to ask people questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's got a lot more depth in this one. Okay, oh, excuse me. He yeah. likes to act, or ask questions. <laughs> this is another note. This is almost the exact same movie. Like really everything is. is just longer and given more artificial weight. Exactly. I wish I could remember the name of the reviewer, but they write for, um, uh, what is it, ebertroper.com? Oh, yeah. And They uh, gave it like a four-star review. Well, Ebert, Ebert. this, I don't think they Roger, did, though. Rogerebert.com gave it a really good review. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I've got the, uh, the media site wrong, but this person said, um, and, and I'm just summarizing here, they put it beautifully. They're like, instead of getting the incoherent, choppy, boring version of the uh, Justice League, we get the uniformly boring version <laughs> yeah. of the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw that one too. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, one thing I put, uh, at 45 minutes, at the 45 minute mark is when we get our first wholly new scene. And it's needless exposition. Which one was the holy news? <laughs> I don't remember. I think it, I think it's maybe Cyborg's dad. Oh, okay. So Cyborg's dad, like everyone has been falling over themselves to compliment Cyborg in this movie because he gets more to do. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fine, but um, it's not interesting. <laughs> it's, it's his origin, basically. Right. And like, I don't give a shit about him going into the internet and watching a bull and a, and a bear fight. <laughs> <laughs> and moving up the socks, whoop, whoop, like a slider bar. God, that was so dumb. But one of the things that really bugged me about that, though, is, yeah, he gets more screen time. You get to see his origin. Great, whatever. Maybe some of that should have been put in the Whedon cut. But it also takes away all of Cyborg's individual power. Right. In the original movie, it's him learning this on his own and navigating his own power set and his own world, like this new world that he's been thrust into. You don't see much of it, but it's implied that he's doing all that. Like when his dad comes and talks to him in the Whedon cut and he's like, do you know I could fly? I couldn't do that yesterday. And he levitates off the ground. Well, in this version, there's a huge long montage of him learning his powers, but it's all at his dad's insistence. Right. It's his dad being like, you can do this because I say you can. So he no longer has any power. It's all his dad giving him permission to be powerful. Well, and it totally takes away his complexity as a person, too, because it's like, okay, this horrible thing happened, uh, this horrible tragedy happened to your family, your wife is dead, um, your son almost died, and his body was broken, um, so you gave him all this tremendous power because you felt guilty? Yeah. And that's how you explain it? Like, like you said, he doesn't have to discover it for himself. Um, it's just like, here's like the power to you know, break into any security system and the stock market, here you go. And how does his dad know that? Right! How come Cyborg doesn't know that on his own? He's the one who's in this world. How come his dad on a fucking voice record, like a like a 1980s... Uh, cassette. Yeah, cassette player is the one being like, oh, and you can do this and you can do that. Like, fuck you, you don't know. <laughs> He's the one who's living it. And, and again, like, people will not shut up about how great Cyborg's story is in this movie, but... All I see is more of him. I don't see anything more interesting. Right. And if you're not going to make his story interesting, then it shouldn't be in there. Exactly. Well, and that's, again, so frustrating with what Snyder does. If 
Honestly, if the slow-mo was going to be used for anything, I would say use it for Victor's football scene. Yeah. Because slow-mo is something that is utilized in sports anyway. Also, on that, um, I, there's my note. Cyborg's flashback takes forever. Also, he fumbles at the end of the football game. <laughs> he, he drops the ball when he lands in the end zone. That's not a win. He, he lost. <laughs> it's not a touchdown. <laughs> But if we hadn't already gotten, like, I don't know, 45 minutes of just slow-mo unto itself. There was a lot of slow-mo in that, in that football game scene, though, to be fair. There, but what I mean is, though, it would have had more emotional impact if Snyder didn't make... Oh, us... if there wasn't slow-mo every, every other yes. scene. <laughs> uh, my only other note about Cyborg's origin is that it was done better in Doom Patrol. Yes, it was. Because it was. But the best take on Cyborg's origin in expanded media is Young Justice. I haven't read that yet. It's a TV show. Oh, I haven't seen that. No wonder. <laughs> the third, so the whole series is on HBO Go. I'd highly suggest watching it. But the third season gets really deep in Cyborg and shows his origin. And it's fucking, like, it's, uh, it's like unflinching in how it shows his origin. Like, it shows him getting blown apart, for God's sake, on a kid's show. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really intense and really well done. It really digs into the emotion of the character. In a ver- or in a way that's way better than this, so I, I would suggest Young Just. I would suggest everyone watch Young Justice. Start with the first episode and get all the way to the third season. Okay, I think why people like this scene in the Snyder Cut so much is because um, help me with the actor's name that plays Ray Fisher. Uh, well, Ray Fisher is good, but <laughs> the the actor who plays his dad, Joe, Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Yes, Miles Joe- Dyson. Is Miles name. Dyson. Yes, <laughs> he he's kind of like Sidney Poitier in that he's Poitier. Poitier. It's French. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he brings this air of integrity to everything he does. Yeah. And he's a good actor, like a lot of the actors in this film are. So when he's selling a moment, you want to buy it because he's selling it very well. But like you said, when you look at all the trappings around that, you're like, this is a bunch of sound and fury signifying nothing. Yeah, exactly. And again, like, like everything, it's just more. It's not more good stuff. It's just more... oh may i interrupt you real quick i just want to ask if you have this exact same reaction um when the mother boxes the two mother boxes fuse together so that steppenwolf can talk to uh, what's dark side's lackey's name Desaad. Desaad, thank you or um the first time when uh dark side pops up himself so that steppenwolf can talk to him did you not immediately hear tim curry's voice singing toxic love from Fern Gully. No, I haven't seen Fern Gully since I'm a kid, so I don't. I immediately <laughs> was like, yep, yep, there it is, toxic love. I'm sure if you're listening and you've got the toxic love moment, then feel free to write in. Absolutely. <laughs> or go find it on YouTube and listen to it. It blends really well. <laughs> I fucking hated those scenes, though, like the constant check-ins. Hey, just so you know, um, my guys are looking for those boxes. <laughs> oh, okay, you better find those boxes. Uh, hey, you assholes, go out there and find those boxes. <laughs> There's like three of those in this movie. Like, there fucking is. Christ. You should have just asked him, like, show me a picture of what you made for breakfast this morning. Um, <laughs> going back to your original um, linear note. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's going the cyborg thing. How does, how does cyborg's dad know any of the shit he tells him? <laughs> That's I get, We already asked that. So uh, it says, uh, in the original cut, it's all about cyborg discovering his power for himself. Now it's just his dad saying, you're special, without any reason for knowing it. Right, right. (laughs) And again, giving him access to all this tremendous power just because he feels guilty that he didn't show up to a football game. 
The needle drops are fucking awful. I <laughs> So the song that plays when Aquaman's walking into the ocean is such a laughable piece of juxtaposition. Like, it, the only thing that would have made it worse is if they'd done that Donovan Atlantis song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that might have made it better in yeah, some maybe. respects. <laughs> Way down, alone, <laughs> But it, that, like, in the original version, it's a White Stripes song that plays during that. And it's like a oh, badass song, and it, it fits really well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was also a song that was in one of the first teaser trailers for this. So again, it predates Joss Whedon. <laughs> right, right. And if you notice, too, like everyone, I think pretty much everyone, um, I, I think Wonder Woman just got your basic ancient lamentation <laughs> wailing. <laughs> but like, that, and that combined with a junkie XL, like, God damn it. Even the music has tonal whiplash in this fucking movie. It does. But, like, everybody gets, like, uh, Aquaman, Flash, Lois Lane. They all get these sad lamentation yeah. songs um, with lots of slow-mo. Yeah. Um, so, Garnet, you mentioned Flash's sad lamentation song. Does Iris have any fucking lines in this movie? It was such a big deal that, oh, Iris... Iris West, so uh, Ray Fisher accused Joss Whedon of being a racist for cutting Iris West out of the movie. That's right. Because he said that it was a black actor who got cut out. Like, Or it could be that that scene doesn't have any fucking impact on this movie, features a character with zero dialogue that's only there to be saved by the hero, isn't even really a character, right. <laughs> and they don't give her a name for fuck's sake. <laughs> she starts her car, gets in a wreck because she's ogling a guy, <laughs> and then he saves her, the end. <laughs> right. That's like 10 minutes. <laughs> and, it, and again, more, more slow-mo that yeah. for the flash should be cooler. Yeah. It, 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 and that was one thing I did like about the Whedon version is that when we see that slow-mo for the first time, it's when Bruce oh, yeah. Wayne throws the yeah. batarang at him and you see time stop. Exactly. But because we've already had all this fucking yeah. slow-mo. Yeah. It completely <laughs> robs that scene of any, of any weight it should have. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so in, in that flash scene, first of all, the... <laughs> Overly CGI'd seed from the hamburger bun. Yeah. The camera's like, what is going on here? <laughs> and he pauses to take a hot dog yeah. from the yeah. air. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. When he <laughs> saves Iris, he has more emotion and desire in his eyes when he sees that hot dog than he does when he sees her. Mmm, <laughs> like, hot dog. I'm going to want this for later. And I hated Flash in the original cut. Because he's just a goofus who shouldn't be in this story. Like, that's not a character you should be relying on. (laughs) And in this, it cranks it up to 11 when he's introduced. Like, resume, what's that? I just want to walk dogs. Here's my (laughs) folded up piece of shit paper that I tore on. Resume, isn't that French? I don't know. I'm going to feed your dogs hot dogs. I'm an idiot. It's just, good God. (laughs) It's basically... He's basically the Tom Holland of, of you know, he's the Spider-Man. He's yeah. the young guy who's supposed to come in and be funny and heartwarming. But uh, again, Marvel does it much better. <laughs> they, they make a character instead of a joke. Right. It's like you can't, you can't put a red costume on a joke and think that it's going to be an interesting character. It's just like just one note over and over. Here, here. Um, okay, here is a quote that I had going back to Cyborg. Wonder Woman saying, I need your help. The world does. And Cyborg, fuck the world. Cyborg, star of children's Teen Titans Go! <laughs> fuck the world. <laughs> That's a, again, an R-rated Justice League movie. 
Well, yeah, what's what's the point? What's the, yeah, why? why? So we had three fucks in it. Um, one at the beginning, uh, one of the bad guys holding a gun on children <laughs> when Wonder Woman saves the day. Uh, then there's Cyborg's fuck, and then Batman says fuck at the end. I'm what? definitely going to fucking kill you. Batman! <laughs> <laughs> Children's entertainer! <laughs> Which we will, we will get to that part. That, the, uh, the nightmare. Yeah. Um, we're already in an hour, dude. We gotta, we gotta get through this. Unless we want to do this as a two-parter. Oh, we certainly could. There's or we so could much... just do a four-hour Justice League cut. <laughs> well, I have the feeling if you're still listening, then perhaps you have your own misgivings about this movie. Die-hard fans are going to think that we're wrong, wrong, wrong. And that we're just haters, so they probably stopped listening, you know, five minutes in. Or they probably don't listen at all, because if you've heard prior episodes where we discussed this movie, you can tell that we weren't a fan of Snyder's vision to begin with. I'm going to be a responsible editor and cut us off right now. And then we'll come back and do the rest. Okay. We'll do two episodes on the goddamn Snyder cut. Um... Because there really is more people. It's like Yeah, a- there's more to say. There's more bullshit. So, okay. Um, <laughs> like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Vertigo Voices, Instagram Vertigo Voices, or email us at the address vertigovoices at gmail.com. I promise I will get into people's comments next time because, again, there's still a lot to say. So, unlike the Snyder Cut, we're going to cut this into two episodes. <laughs> have this be a proper mini series. <laughs> Because we know that you have things to do with your day. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, um, uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Actually, next week I'm going to be in Hawaii. How are we going to record this if I'm going to be in Hawaii? Who knows? Stay tuned and find out. <laughs> so you got to have a got to have a hook there to get him back for the next episode. Well done. Yes, I'm smart. <laughs> you are.